0: See me and think that I'm so strong But if only they knew that I'm hurt
1: Faith Life puts out Logos, Bible lab, and many other reference resources from the from Acts chapter nineteen and eleven, beginning at verse eleven, the book of Acts chapter 19 and 11, verse 11. The sons of Sceva and God was doing extraordinary miracles by the hands of Paul. Okay, this again is about the sons of Sceva. Verse 11, and God was doing extraordinary miracles by the hands of Paul, so that even handkerchiefs or aprons that had touched his skin were carried away to the sick, and their diseases left. Them and the evil spirits came out of them. Then some of the itinerant Jewish exorcists undertook to invoke the name of the Lord Jesus over those who had evil spirits saying quote i adjure you by the Jesus whom paul proclaims in quote verse 14 acts chapter 19 and 14 14. Seven sons of a Jewish high priest named Sceva were doing this. But the evil spirit answered them, quote, Jesus I know, and Paul I recognize, but who are you? end quote 16 verse 16 Acts 19 and 16 and the man in whom was the evil spirit leaped on them mastered all of them and overpowered them so that they fled out of that house naked and wounded 17 and this became known to all the residents of Ephesus both Jews and Greeks and fear fell Upon them all, and the name of the Lord Jesus was extolled. 18. Also, many of those who were now believers came confessing and divulging their practices. And a number of those who had practiced magic arts brought their books together and burned them in the sight of all. And they counted the value of them and found it came to 50,000. Pieces of silver. Twenty. So the word of the Lord continued to increase and prevail mightily. L-O-G-O-S Logos Bible app from the Faith Life, one word Faith Life group of apps The notes for Acts 19 Acts chapter 19 and verse 13 says Jewish exorcists exercising or driving out evil spirits seems to have been widely practiced by Jews in the first First century AD. For example, among the Dead Sea Scrolls, circa two fifty BC through AD fifty, was discovered a work commonly called Aramaic exorcism that includes an incantation intended to remove evil spirits or demons against this practice Paul Paul simply Commanded demons in Jesus' name. In the next footnote, within parts of Greco Roman culture and Judaism in the first century AD. It was believed that evoking a particular incantation or name granted special power to the person evoking it. In this case, the exorcist attempted to copy Paul's use of the name of Jesus. To drive out evil spirits. Acts 19 and 14 in the footnotes. Sceva, S-C-E-V-A. Skiva a Jewish chief priest. <coughs> Excuse me. Sceva, a Jewish chief priest. The Book of Acts is the only source to mention this person. Acts 19 and 15 footnotes The man or the demon that possessed him demonstrates awareness of both Jesus and Paul. Even the evil spirit recognizes the unique authority of Jesus's name. Because the sons of Skeva were not servants, of the true God, the evil spirit essentially proclaims that they are illegitimately using Jesus' name. Nineteen and sixteen footnotes. The possessed man is able to overpower the sons of Sceva. They were not able to use the name of Jesus because they lacked genuine faith in him. Let's compare the Matthew seven and twenty two through twenty three. Quote Matthew seven, twenty two and twenty three. On that day many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy? in your name and cast out demons in your name and do many mighty works in your name says to me, Lord, Lord, when these are red words of Jesus, quote, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. 7 and 21, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven, Matthew 7 and 22, the red words of Jesus. On that day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and cast out demons in your name and do many mighty works in your name? Twenty-three. And then will I declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of lawlessness. The next section of Matthew 7 and 24. The title is Build Your House. Build your house on the rock. Quote Everyone then who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. 25 And the rain fell, and the floods came, and The winds blew and beat on that house, but it did not fall because it had been founded on the rock. 26. And everyone who hears these words of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand, 27, and the rain fell, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and beat against that house, and it fell, and great was the fall of it. Matthew 7 and 21 through 27 from the Logos Emerson wrote quote write it on your heart that every day is the best day in the year he is rich who owns the day and No one owns the day who allows it to be invaded with fret and anxiety. Finish every day and be done with it. You have done what you could. Some blunders and absurdities no doubt crept in. Forget them as soon as you can. Tomorrow is a new day. Begin it well and. Serenely, with too high a spirit to be encumbered with your old nonsense. This new day is too dear with its hopes and invitations to waste a moment on the yesterday's Ralph Waldo Emerson.
2: in the world's many time zones each and every one covered like a blanket by this program midnight in the desert I'm Art Bell great to be here tonight it's going to be a good program it's going to be a scary program Mm -hmm. I seem to rotate through uh, virtually every emotion you can imagine doing these shows all right the rules for the show are very simple we only have two rules no bad language and only one call per show. That's it. Those are the rules. Thank you to Telos, Keith Rowland, my webmaster, Heather Wade, producer. Oh, Joe Talbot up there, uh, Telos, right? Stream Guys, LV.net, Sales, Pete Eberhardt, TuneIn Radio, and Leo Ashcraft for uh, um, DMN and Dark Matter News and so much more. He does a lot of work, folks. A lot of work. Okay, housekeeping stuff first, I guess. Uh, tonight is our first night on XDS. What you say is XDS. XDS is something that is a satellite downlink service for broadcast stations. So it allows them to easily pick us up and uh, and transmit us. Now, in addition to the 20 or 25 stations that we've already listed tonight, I would begin liking to, uh, I would like to begin reading you some new ones that are just joining tonight. KAWL 1370 AM in York, Nebraska, welcome. KCOG 1400 AM in uh, Centerville, California, or Centerville, Iowa. Boy, I'm not doing very well here, am I? Uh, welcome. 1,000 watts. KBDB, 96.7 FM in Forks, Washington. 25,000 watts. A lot of watts. And here's one I'm in love with. KGUM567 kilohertz. Is that a giveaway about what it might be? A Ghana, Guam. 10 kilowatts from Guam, probably can hear them quite well in the Philippines, actually. I'll test that when I go over. KMAS, 1030 a.m. in Shelton, Washington, 1 kilowatt, welcome. They also have several translators, 92.9, 105.7 in Olympia, and 103.5 in Shelton. KTNH 10:70 a.m. in Houston, Texas, five kilowatts. Hello, Houston. KTKN 9:30 in a uh, that's 9:30 a.m. in ketchikan Alaska, one kilowatt. Welcome. Also a translator on 97.5 in Craig, Alaska. KVSF 101.5 FM in Pecos, New Mexico. I'm getting the rhythm now. WDLR, 1550 in Delaware, Ohio, welcome. WJML, 1340 a.m. Lockport, New York, one kilowatt, welcome. WQTT, 1270 a.m. in Marysville, Ohio, 500 watts, welcome. KTOX, 1340 a.m. Needles, California, welcome. Needles, cool, just down the road, kind of. W-L-V-L in Lockport, New York. One kilowatt. Welcome. So that's what I'll read tonight. We'll kind of read these as we go along. Affiliates are coming in like crazy now. And if you want... Um, uh, there would be many more. If you want us on in your market, then call up your local station manager and uh, drive them crazy. All right. Um My UFO dream. This is... Nothing short of hilarious. I I mentioned a dream one night I had on the air about a UFO, right? When was it? A couple weeks ago? Somebody went out and produced my dream in video, 3-D animation video. It's at artbell.com. If you want something that's probably, you've got to see it. It's one of the funniest things you've ever seen, a dream put into 3-D animation uh, I'm going to play the audio from it here, but trust me, it doesn't do justice. You you need to go to ArtBell.com, and you need to see this. I about fell off the chair when Keith sent it to me earlier. Uh, here's the audio from it, but go see the video. It's the weirdest dream last night. I, I had a dream about a UFO. How often does that occur? I was in a bus, <laughs> and I had a camera, right? And I was going out of my mind because there was this plane to see UFO up ahead in my dream. And so I went to the front of the bus trying to get you know a, a decent picture of the thing, which was just ahead of us, hovering. And uh, I couldn't get a picture of it. Uh, and then finally I did, went around the corner so I can't remember it was in the do a dream, right? What do I know? I got a picture of the UFO or a couple of pictures, and then, You're going to love this. Um, Somehow or another, I got to the UFO, and some little green guy, it wasn't really green, but an alien of some kind, reached out, grabbed my camera, and took it in, and I beat on his saucer. (laughs) (laughs) I beat the hell out of it, and out comes this arm with my camera, and I was happy. I remember in my dream being happy. And uh, then, of course, I looked at my camera, and the, the two pictures of the UFO that I took were gone. Ooh, was I angry. So maybe that's, I don't know, maybe that's kind of like real life, huh? <laughs> the pictures are always gone. This one was yeah. really gone. <laughs> well, that's it. You, you have to see the animation that goes with this. It is hilarious. What a job. This guy did. Somebody, um, let's see, who is it? Amanda writes to me that she listened to one of my old interviews on YouTube, and she said, man, you were a lot meaner back then. Was I really mean back then? Am I not mean now? Maybe I need to get my mean on. Um, By the way, if somebody wants to call early here, I'll take one early call. Um, you've heard the bad news, uh, and it couldn't be worse. It's, again, you know, in America, again and again and again. Even the president said it like that again. A gunman opened fire uh, at an Oregon community college on Thursday, killed at least a dozen people. Now that's down to nine dead, maybe 20 wounded. The numbers are fluctuating all around. Uh, we don't know. We don't know anything about the people killed. We don't know anything about the gunman. He was in his 20s, they say, and that's all they say, really, so we don't know. I I did hear one thing, that he had posted something on a social media site saying, it's the only way he's ever going to get in the news. Really? That that was his reason? It's the only way he's ever going to get in the news? Really? You think it's so great being in the news? President uh, Obama went on and went on the tube and talked to the nation and he said uh, you know we're becoming numb to mass shootings and we are and naturally he talked about gun control we don't have uh, we don't have a gun problem in in America there are a lot of guns we have a mental health problem in America uh Ronald Reagan uh much to my distress cuz I loved the man but he opened up the doors of the uh mental health facilities, and pretty much ejected everybody a long time ago, and it's never been the same since. And now we're in, I think, we're in a a worse situation now, mental health-wise. And obviously, you know, the the people who lobby for guns, they're right. Uh, Guns don't kill people. People do that. And they do it because they're mentally ill. I mean, how is it not mentally ill to kill a whole bunch of people in a college? Because it was the only way you were going to get on the news. You know, there had to be signs. There just had to be. Oh, okay. I see somebody's calling. Uh, So let me very quickly answer the phone and try to get get it on here. Um, Okay, so line two, you're on the air. What the hell do you want?
3: Um, Oh, I'm sorry. I wanted to share a dream with you.
2: Ah, Well, no dreams tonight. I've I've got something really important to do. Get off my line. Sorry. Yeah. All right. Bye. Don't let it happen again. Is that what you mean? <laughs> that was cruel. <laughs> if you're out there listening, I'm sorry. I can't be mean. Not really. I mean, I could be, but what would, what would be the point? All right. Coming up after the break, uh, we've got something really special for you. Uh, Father Michael L. Maginot was born in Gary, Indiana in 1957. He's a couple of years, uh, years, a few years, decade or so younger than I am. He went to Rome for theology and gained an STL degree in biblical theology in 1984. Uh, Father Mike was, uh, ordained a priest on July 2nd of 1983. He would then be later sent back to Rome to gain a J.C.L. degree in canon law at the Pontifical Gregorian uh, University in 2000. When he returned, he would be assigned to St. Stephen Martyr Parish as administrator with duties uh, also at the tribunal in the Diocese of Gary. For three years, he was in charge of the tribunal as judicial voc- the vicar uh, for the diocese, then became pastor of the parish. In 2012, he was given permission by the bishop to be an exorcist for the Amman family. I hope I'm having trouble with mouth tonight. The Amman family, I believe that is correct, in Gary, Indiana, whose case eventually would receive worldwide notoriety. It was a really serious exorcism. So... Uh, In a moment, coming up is is Father Maginot, and I really think that this is one that you're going to sort of want to, I don't know, take a moment and take a deep breath and get ready for, because it's going to be rough stuff. I mean, we're talking, I guess, about the devil here. In fact, we'll find out very early what it is we're talking about, from the high desert I'm Art Bell with Midnight. At the terror, any sip and any sup, will you partake of that last offered cup or disappear into the potter's ground? When the man comes around, the clock strikes twelve. And Midnight in the Desert is pounding packets your way on the Dark Matter Digital Network. To call the show, please direct your finger digits to dial one 952 That's one nine five two. call art Well, all right, here we go. I couldn't resist, of course, that song at the beginning. Father uh, Mike Maginot, welcome to Midnight in the Desert. Thank you, Art. Um, you're located in a, a cold place, right? Uh, near Chicago. Near Chicago. That's cold place. Uh, in fact, I was in Chicago in the winter, and boy, they're not kidding about the windy city. Uh, when it gets down near zero, and the wind is going around mm. those buildings, wow, that's that's mm. about the. I've lived in cold places, and that about did it. Um, so, where to begin with you, sir? Um, Father, um, is evil real? very much. Okay, a lot of people doubt that, you know. Um, in fact, a lot of people doubt a lot of things, but uh, especially evil, uh, both good and evil. In fact, a lot of people doubt both. Hmm. I uh, once interviewed uh, over many uh, months uh, a man named Father Malachi Martin. Uh, have you ever heard the name? Yes. Okay. Um sort of a heretic with regard to the Vatican, but he had a lot of interesting things to say. For example, he used to say that uh, walking down the streets of New York, he could tell when he passed a person uh, if they were perfectly possessed, hmm. an interesting phrase. Uh, in other words, uh, he explained it by saying, you know, well, they have a job, they have a life, and they have certain things they want in that life, money, fame, whatever it is. Uh, they've made their deal, and they're satisfied with it. Um, does that does that sound like some people perfectly possessed?
3: Yes, because uh, they look pretty much like, uh, as you said, a normal person, but they have and totally dedicated themselves to the um, working, uh, you know, working of a Satan against God. Yes, sir. Um, is it possible that a person,
2: in a quiet moment, perhaps a moment of I don't know, despair or greed or something? would sit down and in their own mind, I mean, you know, we have this classic movie definition of the devil trotting in with horns and the contract that you have to sign, but you really could make your pact with the devil uh, quietly, silently, and all by yourself, right? Oh, yes. Okay. Um, can a curse
3: somebody to be possessed that is uh, becoming more common than um, people think Um, because a curse would be put on someone by one who would be perfectly possessed willing someone who has dedicated them
2: So if we consider, for example, somebody who's perfectly possessed, and I don't know, their their deal with the devil was I want to rise to the top of my business, and somebody gets in their way, uh, that perfectly possessed person could, in effect, put a curse against somebody in their way and
3: and have something bad happen to them. Yes, um, to do that, they would.
2: or maybe a lock of hair or whatever, and and then a ritual. Uh, this sounds, I have interviewed witches on the air, mm-hmm. Father. Mm-hmm. Probably not to my credit, but I, I do interview witches. And uh, frankly, that is exactly what they say uh, that they need to do their job of some kind of spiritual warfare, they call it. Mm-hmm. Sound about right?
3: Yeah, so it is.
2: the next thing, and that is generational curses. People claim that they have generations of their family that have had curses laid on them. This happens? It is effective?
3: Yeah, that would be like
2: like Ouija boards are possibly calling forth things they're not going to be so happy
3: uh, that come. Yeah, so that's the, the second way of kind of inviting um, a demon into your life. Now they can never there's the normal way that any um, devil demon um, comes to a person and that's through the, the, what's normally allowed by God is temptation. Um, any demon could tempt you and that's pretty much putting in a, an idea in your head. Um, they speak to us telepathically that way so so you get this strange idea in your head um, and that any person um, is uh, open to that experience. Um, to go further than, Uh, It would need um, an invitation on our part to invite a demon more into our lives beyond that. And so Ouija boards, tarot cards, uh, palm reading, um, fortune telling, um, those kind of occult practices, seances, um, they are ways to open up our our lives lives to having a demon to have further control in it now a lot of times curiosity is the first thing that kind of gets people to um go into that and probably the best thing to happen to a person would be they get scared of that and never touch it again right but uh but they the, the demon working that doesn't really want that um experience. They want to intrigue us and entice us and, you know, encourage us to go further and further with them. So, so, but it does have, that's kind of the risk they take, you know, when they kind of see something happening, either the person will get scared and stop it or get intrigued and get more involved in it. And so, um, that's where, um, it starts to begin. We open the door. Um, to them in our lives, but once you open that door, they don't. It, it, we, we lose control on when we could tell them to leave because now they kind of have taken control. We have given them that opportunity, and so when we don't want them anymore, they're going to fight that. And that's again when we kind of get called, is because uh, they want uh, us to get more and more involved in their business, their life. And uh, and when we don't want it, we want to break it, then they're they're going to go from kind of a friendship uh, type of thing to an attack uh, and and turn on us to intimidate us to to so they they'll go from enticement to fear. Right, um, Father, have you
2: ever? Uh, in, how long have you been a priest now? How many years? Uh, 32 years. 32 years. In that time, have you ever had weak moments in your own faith, or have you felt your faith challenged?
3: Um,
2: That's a hard question. You could say I'd rather not answer
3: that. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, there are always challenges, but I, I don't think anything that was really, uh, I guess, the, the, probably the biggest time would have been when I did lead the seminary. Um, there was a... Uh, uh, I had a girlfriend, and so I, I left the seminary my uh, sophomore year in um, uh, college. And, uh, and so I had to deal with, with that. And, uh, but I did come you know, and uh, ended up seeing that, no, I was called to be a priest and, and came back. But that was a difficult time.
2: Boy, um, boy. that must have been rough. Uh, indeed, <laughs> very rough. Um, and, I, you know, it was sort of an impertinent question I probably shouldn't have asked. But uh, as we go on tonight, it it may be that uh, people will understand the reason for it. I I think you've also had uh, opportunities to see your faith strengthened enormously, and and we'll talk about that. We've got the long break we talked about is here, and then we'll come back and really get going. Father, stand by. Father Michael Maginot is my guest. He did uh, he did an exorcism that was nationwide. Well, it made nationwide news. Let's talk about that. And then we'll also talk with the father about what happened in the nation today. We'll be right back. America, you found an oasis for the mind. To call Midnight in the Desert, please dial 1-952-CALL-ARCH-1-952-225-5278. Well, all right. Uh, this is going to be quite a program. Father uh, Cla- Marginal did a, an exorcism that made nationwide, maybe worldwide news, and you're going to hear about it, it as a very serious one with witnesses uh, before and it's, it's really complicated and amazing what he did. And the reason I asked him about his faith was, uh, without going into the details of the exorcism yet, we'll get to that, it just seems to me that coming face-to-face with um, whatever it is you came to face-to-face with, the devil or a demon, that would be actually a faith-affirming moment. Would that be right, Father?
3: Oh, yes, def- definitely, because um, uh, dealing with a demon, they have an, an intelligence that is far superior to ours and very manipulative, and and uh, and so we do have to have it based on a faith in God who is more powerful, or else we would come to think that without that, that what we are facing is the most powerful thing we ever seen. Yeah. And, and uh, so, um, but knowing that God is more powerful, um, it, it is that protection that uh, enables us to uh, carry out that.
2: I mean, if anybody ever doubted God, uh, certainly coming face to face with the demon or with the devil, that, that would do the trick, seems to me. Anyway, um, before we move on, Father, today something awful happened again up in Oregon at a community college and uh, a guy went in with a rifle of some kind mm-hmm. and shot apparently nine dead maybe twenty wounded um, and our president came on and talked to the nation about it and you could see that our president was very dejected and it is I completely understand it is so mystifying to me and so many others when this sort of thing happens and again and again and again and again mm-hmm. and it's almost like something, I mean, there was a quote on social media, Father, that said the guy said something like, it's the only way I'll ever get in the news. <laughs> yeah. And, and so, the other thing Father Malachi Martin said is that, uh, possession, uh, is up Hundreds of percent in New York City and nationwide, uh, he thought as well. And, you know, I'm not sure where else we go for an explanation. I'm, I'm not the gun lobby, but father, it's not the guns. It's people's decisions to use them that's going on here. It's mental health. It's, or maybe, or maybe it's what we're talking
3: about. What do you think? Yeah, I, uh, the devil does have uh, all kinds of tools um, that get us into his world, which is hatred of mankind. And uh, um, not, not in my particular case, an exorcism, which is a ritual, pretty much only works against evils that were ritualized in. You know, as we were talking about curses and Ouija boards, and yes. playing with you called and things like that. That's right. But he also has many other tools that are more, say, normal. Um, but exorcisms want to work on that, but they do take possession of the person, um, from beginning with uh, different addictions like alcohol, gambling, uh, sex addiction, um, also video games, uh, and. Uh, um and the and, and those types of things uh also kind of take possession of the person slowly but surely um and they start out perhaps maybe as good things they, they there's you know whenever anything is done in moderation um it, it's a good or or the purpose that um was designed by god cause you know god does Give us good things or we, or enable us to create good things to, to kind of
2: Deciding to walk into schools and kill children. Yeah. Um, you know, there's something going on here that's way, way beyond my yeah. understanding. And is already weak due to one of the things that you described and and put the thought in their mind to just go and
3: God created us to do, and we're, you know, and it seems this dark, hopeless thing that we finally uh, come to the point where the devil wanted us to to Mm -hmm. do this type of thing, and so, so, um, and so I I think we do need to um, see when a person is cycling down you know oh my God, um, this, there's my point out of that
2: yeah why doesn't why doesn't somebody see this cycling you know either parents yeah. or friends or yeah. fellow students or my gosh somebody yeah has got to be seeing this go on if, if mm-hmm. you say it's a process the long process you talk about uh, i don't know i there's no answers that make any sense to me to what end father uh do demons possess the living in other words what is the point to the demon? Why? Why are they? Are they jealous? Do they want to be, have physical
3: bodies, uh, or feel they have a physical body, or what? Why? It probably goes all the way back um, to the very beginning, because uh, a demon is a fallen angel, and uh, in the very beginning, um, um, the. Book of Genesis doesn't really speak about the creation of angels, but we kind of have a hint of it in the, the first verse that in the beginning, um, when God created heaven and the earth, there, there was a, this formless void. There was this chaos, and it, it's before the visible universe was created with, with the light, and so um, so there was the creation of the invisible universe of the spirits created in God's image and likeness. Um but they didn't really have anything to do. So so it's kind of chaotic. They their free will, but uh you know, they're kind of just bumping in they <laughs> have nothing to do, kinda right. bumping into each other. Right. So it's kind of a chaotic mess. And so God now will create the visible universe. And so he created light, and the first person who carried out um, the light is Lucifer, who means light bearer. And so he was the highest, the first creature given a job um, to take care of the light, to bear it. And then God gave other commands, and then you know, and then, then then all the angels, the whole um, um, invisible. Um, creation now became involved in the visible creation and we're involved in all all kinds of things
2: you're saying at the beginning now let me get this straight at the beginning lucifer was the
3: keeper of light yeah so lucifer was uh, the, the highest of the angels so he carried out the very first task of god the very first order command so god said let there be light and there was light so god created the light and Lucifer bore that light, carried it. Lucifer doesn't
2: have that light anymore, though, right?
3: No. Now, he um, um, considered himself to be, he knew he was the greatest. He was the first asked by God, and so, so he had, had that idea that he's the greatest. Then when God created, and then there was now everything went from good to very good with the creation of man in his image and likeness. Um, He then, um, when God rested, he then, and creation was uh, complete. Um, He then gave uh, Lucifer the second command, and he um, wanted him to now take care of man, to be his guardian angel, to be the guardian angel of Adam. Now, that was very insulting to him because he felt he was the greatest of creatures, and man was kind of the... Uh, you know, uh, even though he was created in God's image and likeness. And, and there was also one thing that Lucifer's a little bit jealous of, too, was that man was given the um, command to be fruitful and multiply. He could reproduce like all the other living things of God's creation can reproduce. An angel can't, so that they can't uh, generate, uh, reproduce. So, so contrary
2: uh, to what many people think,
3: um uh, uh the devil
2: lucifer cannot reproduce or do anything
3: with a human woman now actually um in in genesis there was a suggestion uh-huh. that uh that there was this that created the flood was that actually lucifer Before I get into that, let me just kind of (laughs) complete. Sorry, go ahead. Because um, he felt that man, which was a lesser creature than himself, should serve him instead of what God was asking him to serve man. So he had an idea that of a a master-slave relationship is the proper order for creation. Mm -hmm. Well, God, as a father, um, had the idea that Father, we've got a no. hold
2: but it, it right there. We're at a break, so stand by, and we'll be right back. Father Mike Marginoway is my guest. Just wait till you uh, hear what's ahead. It'll be quite an exorcism.
3: take a dare, I'll make a bet with you. Now, you play a pretty good fiddle, boy, but give the devil
4: a stew. I bet a fiddle of gold against your soul, cause I think I'm better here. Coming to you at
2: the speed of light in the darkness, this is Midnight in the Desert with Art Bell. Now, here's Art. Father, Michael, as is our guest, and we're about to talk about an exorcism that he did. Uh, but a little background, and uh, I think we're almost done with that. There is there is one thing, though, that bothers me. Uh, the father said that um, Lucifer uh, kept the light. And I had somebody on this program that talked about UFOs uh, named John Lear. And I guess it'll bother me until the day I die, but John Lear said, Art, when you die, um, you're going to see the light and there's going to be darkness, and you're going to have a choice to make. And he said, don't go to the light. It's a trick. (laughs) That's bothered me ever since I heard it, Father.
3: (laughs) When you die, no, no. Actually, you want to go to the light, which is uh, toward God.
2: Long as Lucifer doesn't have it anymore.
3: No, no, no. He lost that. He lost it. Yeah. Yeah. All right
2: all right uh, let's move on I mean here you are a priest and you get a call apparently from is it the Amon's family is that correct Amon's Amon's, Amons. okay Amon's family that's a long a okay Amon's family and uh, they wanted your help and why did they want your help what was going on
3: yeah I kinda got involved in all this by accident um, I there I uh, cover for the Catholic priest chaplain who works in the two Methodist hospitals uh, in our area one in Gary one in Maryville, next door and uh, his days off are uh, Friday and Saturday and so um, I so I usually get called in for emergencies right and uh, and so on the Friday April 12 uh, 20th uh, 2012 I was doing what I normally do on uh, Friday morning is my Bible study class Mm -hmm. and uh, I got the call from the Methodist Hospital in Gary um, from the chaplain who uh, asked me to come over to do an exorcism and I said "Uh, um, "Why's that and he mentioned that uh, this uh, nine-year-old boy was seen by uh, several professional staff people um, walking up the wall backwards and flipping over his grandmother. And uh-huh. they ran out of the room, and they uh, got the security to look in that. The security then called to the police. They called the chaplain.
2: Uh, would, would you mind rolling the... over that
3: again? You said that he was walking up a wall backwards? Backwards, yeah. So um, he, he, uh, the way it happened, it was the... Child protective services were noticing that the children, the three children, were missing school a lot, and sometimes when they were at school, they would have things like bloody noses, bloody gums, uh, and 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 different things. And so there was a lot of suspicion that something um, wasn't right at the at home. Right. And so th- they kind of got involved and. Um, as, uh, um, and it was the mother and grandmother um, were kind of watching over the children. Sure. And so they took them to their doctor to have them examine the children. Um, yes. And, and to see what's wrong. Family doctor, and right? The family doctor. Yeah. And so in that doctor's office, it first of all started with uh, what would happen is uh, um, the, this demon would jump child to the other and so it would affect one child and and then uh, do uh, crazy things and then jump to the next one and uh, continue probably to do about similar type of things Uh, and walking
2: up a wall backwards that's um movie stuff i mean do you have uh, other people
3: who saw this happen witnesses yeah there's uh, a couple professional witnesses one was
2: A second it's a nine-year-old boy we're talking about right now how many
3: children In the closet at their home, that would talk to him about what it's like to die, what it's like to be killed, and so, so, and then all of a sudden he'll start growling, and, and then, uh, then again, you know, um go uncontrollable, and then it take again like five guys to try to hold him down, and 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 then they'll try to strap him into the bed, and you know, into the gurney, and all that, and you know, and sedate him. Then it jumped. Then, then it kind of jumped to the other boy in the other observation room. The nine-year-old. So the the, yeah, the seven-year-old was with the mother, and then it jumped into the to the other boy in the other room. Um, This is the nine-year-old, and he he was with his grandmother, and now he started acting strange. Now this is so you had you had staff in these two rooms, okay? Sure. So. and all of a sudden, when the nine-year-old started acting strange, uh, he, his, he would start growling. He would start, like, hitting his grandmother with but headbutting her in her stomach and says, it's now time to die, you know. And, and then she would try to coax him back, calling his name. And she was holding on to his hands. And as she was trying to coax him back, um, calling his name, he was... She was backing him up against the wall, and as he came up to the wall, he started to, wolf, like, there's two ways that it's described, um, uh, that he walked up the wall, some say he kind of like skated up the wall, glided up the wall, it was kind of sure. lifted up the wall, so that there's kind of a couple different descriptions of, of that, Then he... Some say he walked on the ceiling, but he kind of flipped over his grandmother. So it was more—he of, he flipped over his grandmother, sat in the chair, and then looked at everyone who was kind of in that room, uh, and gave this like Grinch-like grin. You know, <laughs> uh. <laughs> to, to, to them, and his eye, and the, the, his eyes were white. You know, so and they ran, and everyone who was um, in that room ran out. And uh, so and I would have done definitely what i would have done
2: this is really scary stuff um Mm -hmm. and and you're saying there's there's plenty of witnesses uh to all of this i i've got somebody who said yes 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 it was on fox news it's been all over the place um Uh so this is that case my goodness um
3: uh, continue father i I don't know what to say so so when i heard that story i said okay there is something there, but I had, I explained to them, yeah, I can't do anything now. I have to get permission from the Bishop, um, to do this and I need to do an investigation, but I am willing to meet with everyone. And so I gave, you know, feel free to give them my contact information and I'll meet with them as soon as possible. And so what ended up happening is the three children were, uh, taken away from the parents. Uh, away from the mother and grandmother so two of them were the two older ones were put in to uh, uh with the Carmelite sisters in the area that uh um take care of foster children right. but the 7 year old who you know it took like five guys to hold down and yes. and uh, who was talking about you know what it's like to die and and such and seeing seeing the boy in the closet closet at his home and such, he was taken to a children's psychiatric lockdown unit.
1: The tigers of wrath are wiser than the horses of instruction, William Blake.
4: Thank you. Vacation in a verbo means leaving all the craziness behind.
3: Well, maybe not all of it. Crazy feels good when it has room to spread out in a verbo with a pool on the beach. It just feels like vacation. Book today and get away together with verbo.
4: job will Phil help you discover find out at ziprecruiter.com